This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Well, welcome into a brand new episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Tyler Kern, and I'm joined, as always, by Greg Crumpton. Greg, good to talk to you today, man. Good morning, sir. I hope you're doing well. Um, it's a, a great day in North Carolina where I'm at today. Uh, it's it's just a beautiful thing. So glad to be here. Glad I got you to uh, speak with you this morning. It is always good to speak with you, Greg. I'm in the extremely muggy and humid Dallas, Texas where, you know, just because it's September doesn't mean that the temperature drops. We're looking at, you know, 100 plus for another month or so. You know, mm. you know how it be. I hate that for you, brother. That's why people have air conditioning. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's true. It's true. And we need, uh, we need qualified uh, experts like yourself, Greg, to, to make sure those air conditionings continue to run at peak performance. Am I right? Yeah. And, you know, some people can't function without air conditioning. Other people can't function without coffee. And boy, I happen to be that guy who needs both. So today, who do we have on board with us? We have TJ Fairchild. He's the owner of Commonplace Coffee up in Indiana, Pennsylvania. TJ, thanks for joining us today, man. Absolutely. It's absolutely my pleasure to be on with my new friend, Tyler, and my old friend, never gets old though, Greg Crumpton. Wow. I'm, I, what a what a redemption! Thank you, TJ. <laughs> TJ and I had a moment before we started recording, and so uh, we we are now new best friends, and I, I appreciate that very much. I'm just overwhelmed, Tyler, at how beautiful your voice is, and <laughs> here we go. Again. So I'm <laughs> I'm excited to be with you guys today. Well, it's a podcast about relationships, Greg, and uh, oh, that is true. You know. We we do spend a fair amount of time on relationships, and I'm glad you two have bonded and um, to allow us to go a little bit deeper with TJ. So. Um, TJ, really, really do appreciate you taking time. I know I, I saw you about, uh, what, three weeks ago, and um, just seemed like a good time to have you on and, and talk about what all you're up to. And, um, you know, as Tyler said, the, the theme of our podcast is relationships, um, kind of how, how they form, how they morph, how they mature, how they blow up sometimes. But in our case, you and I, uh, it's really, it's run a, a gamut of, of years. And I was thinking about it a while ago. Of, uh, I knew you would know the answer, but I didn't. What year we first met? Do you recall it? <laughs> 1999. That was a really good year. That was, it was, a, the first... it was a hard year, but it was a beautiful year. Well, it was a beautiful year for Connie and I. We started the company that year. And then uh, <laughs> that's how we wound, wound up meeting you, kind of, uh, was when we were working out of our home. And um, every once in a while, we would, we would mountain bike up to the coffee shop, and, and there, there was this guy. And uh, Tyler, I'll, I'll tell you that my, my version, um, Connie and I go in for coffee, and she gets, you know, a $84 drink, and I get a <laughs> cup of black coffee. She's keeping TJ in business. Exactly. And, um, you know, every time we would leave there, this is, again, TJ, my version. You can clean it up. We would always talk about that hippie-looking dude working uh, behind <laughs> the counter. And, you know, he's always reading this book about four inches thick, and he's halfway through it. 
And I'm like, that dude's serious about reading. Because uh, those kind of books scare me, first of all. And then Connie got to know TJ because apparently she went up there more often than I did for the $84 cup of coffee. And um, we just kind of all became quick friends. And um, TJ, you take it from there and kind of run us through the, the real life side of that versus my memory. And then how, you know, how we wound up here. Give us a little bit of backlog because I love your story. Yeah, and Tyler, your your response to Connie's $84 drink makes me think that I makes me think that you think I owned that coffee shop when when we met, I was actually just working for I think it was 6.50 an hour. Oh man. At a coffee shop um in could, Wax. Could have been overpaid. Could have been overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> could have been. In Waxaw, North Carolina, my wife and I had moved there to actually go to seminary. I studied um, philosophy at a seminary about 15 miles from where this coffee shop was. And we just kind of accidentally found this small community outside of Charlotte. And um, as fortuitous as life can sometimes be, that was where I met one of the most powerful people that helped change my life, Greg and Connie Crumpton. They would come in just as Greg said for a coffee and we would get into conversation. And um, I really didn't know what I was going to do with my life at that point. I figured academia or possibly some form of, of church interaction would be a part of my professional life. And I just kept falling in love and love and love with coffee house culture, mostly at that time. And, you know, to have a bod podcast, to be able to speak to a podcast about relationships is such an honor because that really is the bedrock of who my wife, Julie, and I are. We, we worked in coffee shops through undergrad and then obviously through grad school, as I just mentioned. Our, our love for coffee was was increasing, but more often than not, the thing that really kind of scratched at our um, existential itch was the relationships that were created, whether it be just a quick hello as someone's going off to work, or actually forming lifelong relationships with a, with a couple like Greg and Connie over a cup of coffee. And, and so I'm, I'm glad to say now, um, Julie and I have been in business ourselves since 2003. So for 18 years, 17 years, um, and all because of really Greg and Connie encouraging us, letting us talk about life, but very specifically about business and how coffee relates to business and how we could potentially make money. Um, yeah, so the relationship angle is huge for us in our personal lives, but then also professionally with, with coffee culture. Well, TJ, that, that's uh, quite an, and I mean, first of all, an honor to hear that. And uh, thank you for, for laying it out that way. And, you know, we, we take it, uh, our relationship with you and, and your family and, um, you know, Julie, as well as the three boys are, are always, you know, close to our, 
from the lobe. So really cool to hear that. Um, so the, the, the phase, next phase, uh, I think is a, a, another good journey of, okay, you're in Waxhaw, you're done, done with school. You're like, okay, what's next? And then <laughs> you venture out into the world in the Volkswagen van. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, we finished the master's degree, which was beautiful, beautiful experience. And we had never taken our honeymoon. We're three years married at this point. We got in a motorcycle accident right before we got married. So we kind of have this little bit of stash of money saved that, that never went to Europe. Um, so we decided at the end of our graduate degree that we'll take our honeymoon and we'd kind of take a pause in life and not really sure what's next. And so we had a 74 Volkswagen Westphalia camper that we lived in after like the quintessential, like hippie dream. Um, and it was amazing. I mean, a lot of soul searching, a lot of what's next. And we were given the opportunity during that time to hear from a friend about, uh, Indiana, Pennsylvania in this small town east of Pittsburgh with a large university. Um, there was a coffee shop that had closed down and, you know, it just seemed like really low stakes, um, low potential startup costs to begin this next journey of our lives through opening a retail shop. So of course, the first phone call I make is to Greg to ask him for some advice and, over the course of several conversations, it became pretty obvious that this would be a smart next move. So we opened a coffee shop in 2003. And, um, you know, the short, short commonplace story is that from um, 2003 till about 2007 or eight, we're just kind of working this single coffee shop but with obvious desires and energy to grow the business, but didn't really know exactly what that meant or how. And then just as, as life happens again, we, we start getting calls from Pittsburgh to share our coffee that we're producing in Indiana, Pennsylvania with other coffee shops. And then that evolves very quickly into um, having opportunities to grow our staff in Pittsburgh. We met people that we wanted to work with. And then also we found shops where people were kind of burning out or not really enjoying the craft anymore and wanting to get back into their original fields. Um, so we were able to actually grow to today. We have seven retail shops, a bakery and a wholesale uh, production coffee roasting company. So quite a huge jump over, over time. But one key thing to just know is that all of those pivots, all of those major points of evolution were based on relationships. It was based on having key people in our team that needed to grow, needed to increase in their earning potential. And we wanted to give those opportunities through opening other shops. That's a heck of a story. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to watch this thing develop and um, participate at different levels for different reasons. And 
you know, what, what strikes me most, TJ, is the, the people that you guys, uh, and, and you're too humble to talk about it, but, and, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but you, you've done a lot for a lot of people who've worked with you, not just in providing uh, a means for an income, but, uh, kind of an upward ramp for a lot of people. And, uh, I think that's one of the things that commonplace kind of stands for me in my mind is that you guys give people, you know, I don't want to say a second chance, but maybe in, in some cases probably, but more so the ability to, to kind of grow and not get stuck. And uh, just watching the people that you've helped um, free or, or, you know, free up mentally or physically where they can help your company grow has just been really cool. And, you know, coming up to the, to the headquarters uh, and just watching the roasting and, you know, I just love that part of it because those folks are living that culture and um, you fostered all that. So kudos to you. Thanks, Greg. I am, um, I'm definitely not too humble to talk about the people around me. Um, but I appreciate the sentiment. It is incredibly powerful to be around people that care about other humans and care about big things, care about things that are bigger than themselves. And I definitely, you know, if, if this was a tennis match and you just hit the ball in my court, I'm going to hit it right back to you and say that you're too humble and I don't want to put you on the spot, but, um, Tyler, in a very real way, Greg has modeled exactly what he just described. And there are moments when, you know, commonplace is having a good fiscal experience and I'm able to share something very specific with a human being, whether it's in our, um, on our staff or someone just in the community, as I write that check or am able to participate at some level, I really do feel like Greg is standing right there with his hand on my shoulder, participating with me. Um, Greg, you've, you've modeled this to me. You, I've watched you be generous to people in mentoring them and caring for them. And I, I'm just proud to say that these 20 years, 20 plus years that I've known you, that I can stand in front of you and say, I understand and agree with you and want to participate with you in helping other people achieve their great dreams. And, um, whether it be with their families or with their business, like I just want to give back and that's because things have been given to me. Well, you certainly, uh, you certainly are a, a role model for that. So thank you for, for the kind words and thank you for, you know, doing what you do up there, which, you know, when I describe you to people, I'm going to get unemotional and I'm going to describe you as a little bit funny because you are, you don't know probably how funny you are, but I love you because you're funny. Um, so I, I tell people you're kind of like this mad scientist guy who I envision whipping out a spectrometer and going up to a coffee machine and checking the dissolved solids in the water. Um, you know, because <laughs> yeah, I do it. When, I know. And when you started this journey, you know, of, of being not only a coffee guy, but a, a 
coffee curator and a people curator, um, you, you really learn the science of coffee. Uh, third wave, I think we called it, um, if I've got my memory right. And, you know, Tyler, what, what, and TJ will, uh, he'll do it a lot more justice, but third wave is, uh, like when this group of, of brain, this brain trust of coffee mm-hmm. kind of came together and said, all right, let's revolutionize what we're doing. Cause Folgers drip just ain't cutting it for a lot of people. <laughs> and, um, so the third wave is kind of the, the re creation or reincarnation of the coffee world. And, uh, TJ jumped into that thing waist deep, um, bought a roaster, learned how to roast, uh, you know, it was so fascinating for me to get to watch this because remember, I'm a mechanic. I'm a, I'm, I'm thinking in squares and, and straight lines as in, in the engineering kind of way. And he's over here in this artistic world of, okay, I'm going to do this for 17 minutes at 493 degrees. And, <laughs> you know, learning about flavor profiles and all that stuff. And he just mastered that. So um, about... Um, Gosh, I don't know. Three weeks ago, I I get this call from this guy who's huffing and puffing, and he sounds like he's out of breath. And I'm like, "What? What's going on?" It's TJ. He's riding his bike. So I'm like, "Okay, that that, <laughs> that explains it." I was worried about him for a moment, but um, he had just gotten a phone call. And uh, TJ, tell us about that and how you're your your knowledge of the the art and the science of coffee has taken this really cool turn lately yeah i'd love to love to share that i just by way of kind of segueing and especially this stay on task with the concept of relationships i would like to say that notion of third wave um is, is a term of art in the coffee world it was coined by uh, Nick Cho in 2004. Uh, He was working on a project with Murky Coffee. I was really slow to embrace that, but I just want to say again, through a relationship with a mentor of mine, um, he was just so kind and helpful in, in helping me realize. It took me about two or three years. It wasn't until like 2006 or seven that I really started to fully embrace and I, and I haven't totally fully embraced, but like fully embraced the notion that I have things to learn about third wave coffee. And I really encourage um, to delve into that for just a second for, for you, Tyler, and those, those listening, because it's a really interesting um, pivot in the specialty coffee world. Um, but I think, you know, again, in the concept of relationships and mentors and um, the gentleman that helped me through this process was just an everyday regular customer that traveled more than I did. And so he would bring back comments and that um, he was very kind and gentle in the process. He could have kind of slapped me on the face and said, you need to grow up and pay more attention to this. But, you know, I wouldn't have listened to that. But I did listen to his kind, gentle remarks and that that helped open my brain up. But uh, back to the specific question you asked, Greg. I did. I got a, a really fun phone call, a reach out from the Discovery Channel to be a part of a, a program they're working on called Undercover Billionaire. And um, this season, they had a season last year that ran, and this season, 
undercover billionaires working on um, six businesses that are failing and the billionaire is tasked with helping these businesses uh, pivot and grow and start to become sustainable. And one of the six businesses happens to be a coffee shop. Someone on their team of production uh, found us and saw TJ's 17 years down the path and will be helpful in speaking to this cafe owner. So I actually spent last Tuesday and Wednesday filming with them and working with this uh, young lady who has this business. And, and it was ridiculously rewarding to walk through the steps with her and, and be able to teach her the things that I've learned based on the mentors I've had, the reading I've done, the relationships I've made in the coffee world. Um, it was a really fun process. And I'm still still working with them through, in fact, right before this, I was on a call with them trying to figure out how we can get new equipment for her coffee bar. Wow. So, and this is a real life billionaire, if I recall, and who's yep. given back to his community yep. by helping these six companies. Yeah. And he, I got to know him through the shooting and, and he's, he's the real deal. He really cares. I mean, he's taking calls through the whole process of other businesses that he's helping through this process and, and seems to even desire outside of his relationship with the discovery channel and this, this, um, this TV experience, he's willing to interact with them for the long term. That's really cool. Yeah, that's incredible. So to me that, you know, I always think about retirement and what that means. And, um, I've been well chronicled on this podcast. Everybody knows I'm, I think I'm old at 56 because I've been doing a, a lot of stuff for a lot of years, but you know, I always define, um, retirement as being able to wake up and do what you want to do versus waking up and doing what you need to do. And it really sounds like that the, this gentleman um, has, you know, obviously been successful uh, at something, whether it's inheriting or working, um, to wind up in a position where he can really do that. And, and to see him want to help his local community by helping these entities, I think is that's just a cool story. Yeah, I agree. So I, I swear I just heard crickets. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, we know TJ's enjoying the beautiful weather in Pennsylvania out on his maybe, back porch while he records the podcast with this. So so it's uh it's possible. Maybe it was cicadas. We have those right now too. So I just I just think it's really cool uh, to to be able to give back to a local community and the community is not like this really hot you know, suburban city, and I don't want to give too much away. Um, TJ, when when can we watch your your uh, your debut on Discovery Channel? <laughs> We're gonna have a um, watch party here, man. I guarantee you. I'm I'm expecting this will be the first time Discovery Channel does a reality show where the image of the expert helping ends up looking like he's in the witness protection plan and they don't show my face. <laughs> Wait, why are they disguising my voice? No, I'm just kidding. Um, supposedly it's going to air in November. Nice. That is cool. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. I, I just, I mean, you know, accolades aside, I think it, it, 
sounds really fun, but the the part that they they went looking for experts and they dug you out of your your uh you know industry and of all the people in the industry you know you got selected to do it so congrats i think that's really awesome and um yeah thank you i i do i do think that it is worth noting you know one more time and not to you know, you guys didn't prep me on this, but I did know relationships was a big part of what we were talking about today. And, and I think that's what was exciting for the producers of this show, but also the billionaire that's involved. He really did want someone that was going to be a part of the young woman's life. And just on a side note, um, and this again, this is something that I learned from Greg and others that have mentored me over the years. You know, I've of course shared my cell phone number with, with this young lady and Saturday morning, she called me for some kind of personal touch points and, you know, a little fatigued over all the work she's putting in. And so, I mean, it was just, it's beautiful, you know, it's beautiful to have, people building into you and creating you into who you are realizing that, but then also giving back through that experience. And, you know, I I wouldn't have even known that 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 was a kind of an appropriate way to have a professional relationship, but, you know, sharing, sharing with people personally and, and creating relationships is really what I believe helps people grow and is a way that we can give back to the larger community at hand. I think that's our duty. Um, You know, or I think it's my duty anyway, because, you know, and funny thing, I I got this uh, certificate in the mail yesterday from ASHRAE, which is a air conditioning uh, engineering societal thing. I've been part of it for 20 years. And I'm the mad scientist. Well, uh, they, they, I don't know how they let me in, but I got in. But, um, I'm just kidding. I was just flipping through. So I, I put this certificate in a file where I keep a bunch of other things. And I, I just looked back over the years of those certificates going back to like 1988, I think was the oldest one in there. Um, and what I was intrigued by was the people that, presented those classes or those certifications or whatever that the you know the piece of paper was for a lot of those people i'm still in touch with and um it really you know it it didn't really hit me as far as tying it back to the podcast but i thought a damn i'm old again um but it it really brought around the 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 thought of those you said it earlier, lifelong relationships or long-term relationships and how, uh, you know, I think about a guy named Eric Stromquist who runs a company in Atlanta called Stromquist, oddly enough. And, um, you know, he does a really cool podcast as well called Control Talk for any of you building uh, HVAC geeks that want to listen. He does a great job. But I I was looking at this certificate from Eric and, you know, this one class. And I remember that stupid night, you know, of what happened that night and who was there. So I think by doing what you did, TJ, it's going that lady you're helping right now, hopefully 
uh, puts her in a position where she pays it forward to the next kid or next young person or middle-aged person or whomever needs it. So pretty cool stuff. Well, what tell us about uh, what's next on the horizon for Commonplace. What, what's the view look like? Well, we're uh, constantly trying to be aware of what to do next, who we are, what we're good at, what's our why. Um, right now, we're in the midst of reimagining our mission, vision, and values, and we're actually turning that into some some goal structures, which we've we've not specifically done in the past. We've we've obviously had a mission statement, but we have never been super great at objectifying that and turning it into actual goals. So I'm excited the team that we have now is poised to do that. Um, we are, as weird as it sounds, um, looking for potential retail opportunities to scale the business. We've always um, responded to organic opportunities that happened. And so it's weird to be, you know, here's the philosopher turned businessman. It took him 17 years to realize that moving forward, looking forward, there has to be a path laid out instead of continuing to kind of respond to opportunities. Let's, let's cast the vision and let's go see what's out there. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see where this coffee company will go well you you have good people around you you know we when we had dinner the other night or god it seems like the other night a month ago you know just some of the conversations you guys were having and i was able to listen in of you know just understanding the 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 community that you operate in <clears throat> and i don't mean you know the neighborhood squirrel hill or you know the I love the name Mexican War Street. So I think that's a cool name for a neighborhood. Um, but just understanding the the what's going on in the city, Pittsburgh proper, and how you can, you know, uh, have a long view of your business and where you want to take it based on what's going on right now, be it COVID related, be it people burning out, whatever. Um, it's just cool how, you, you know, how you're able to, to tap into that community and figure out, okay, maybe we go in this direction. Does this make sense? It was just fun to listen to you guys talk shop locally. Yeah. Thanks for that, Greg. It was, it was fun to be a part of that conversation and I appreciate the words. We, we do really want to be enhancing the communities that we're in and not detracting from them. And that's part of what, got uh, Julie and I originally excited about coffee house and coffee culture is that they really can be a place where um, a group of people that would never have other areas to interact in suddenly, you know, rub shoulders in a coffee shop, not during COVID obviously, but, um, and also have tough conversations about who we are, who we are as a community, who we are as a, you know, larger than our community, who we're going to be. And so, yeah, being sensitive to those communities is definitely a necessary part, in my opinion, of coffee shop ownership. Well, I, I just, I think back to the Voluto uh, acquisition and how you handled that, you know, um, 
an opportunity arose due to a business situation uh, with with some owners and uh, and, and and again this is my version of, of how I remember it but you guys were able to figure out a name or, or to figure out a way to come in keep their name you know rele- relevant in the conversation but you know also tag it to the commonplace and and I think that's just that that kind of thinking rather than you know just coming in and blatantly hammering you know you're going to blow the whole thing up and it's going to be commonplace you know the hell with the other i think that that's a cool story and i'm fortunate i get to work for a company that also does a good job at that when when we acquire a company um, we keep that local name you know like in, in your neck of the woods uh, Huckestein is our company and it's Huckestein Mechanical A Service Logic Company. You know, it's not Service Logic that used to be Huckestein. So I think that even those nuances like that allow the community, the neighborhood, the city at large to see that that you know there's a soul to the organization and it's not just about whitewashing. Yeah, you got that story spot on you know, the owners of Voluto Coffee were going back into their original field of nursing. They were, um, they opened the business in th- 2009. So they were relatively early in the third wave pivot. Um, so it was in- incredibly important to me to, in that specific neighborhood that was going through some of its own uh, economic upheaval, gentrification and changes, um, in a demographic to we we acquired the business in 2012 but it was incredibly important for us to keep both the concept of how voluto fit into the bigger coffee world questions of being third wave and bringing in a unique execution piece to pittsburgh there were only a handful of shops in Pittsburgh doing third wave coffee. So it was important to us to keep that notion, um, that ethos, but it was also important um, being that we acquired Voluto three years into their ownership. They had obviously made connections in that community and we wanted to honor those connections by having the name be a part of its identity. So, so instead of just leaving it as Voluto Coffee, we did um, call it Commonplace Voluto, and we have Voluto represented on signs and, and other little visual cues in the in the store. Yeah, I just think that's a cool story. Cool story. So Tyler, you you have been um, either medicated or listening <laughs> heavily. I'm not sure or both. But what, what's your take on this? You you and I have never talked about coffee. Um, but we have talked about relationships a lot. So mm-hmm. what, what is your take on TJ's, uh, you know, experience and his, his vibe? Yeah. So I, I, I guess my, uh, one, one of the things I've been thinking about kind of throughout this conversation is that, um, obviously coffee and, and relationships are something that is important to TJ. So was it, 
I suppose TJ, you had you had formative moments around coffee, and you know that's where you met Greg and that sort of thing. Was it important for you to then go and create an atmosphere that helped allow that to happen for other people? And have you seen um, maybe examples of of times when relationships were formed um, at at the commonplace and, and things like that? Do you have kind of success stories of that? You know that taking place. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's been actually a bit of why we have not fully embraced um, kind of the third wave notion in specialty coffee is that it, it has at moments felt like there's a danger of losing the relational feel and the communal feel at the expense of um, or at the at the enhancement of the science that is involved in the coffee world at the third wave movement. Um, and not to, uh, not to, um, downgrade that at all. I think that scientific connection enhances my life every day. Cause I love coffee to taste beautifully, but to me, I would rather let that fall away at the expense of really focusing on relationships and community. And, and we have, we've had, <laughs> we've had, um, examples of people, you know, meeting, uh, business partners for the first time at commonplace. We have, uh, examples, dozens and dozens, literally of over 17 years of operation of people having their first date with someone that then becomes, you know, they become engaged and then married. We've even had a wedding performed in one of the commonplaces, tons of wedding photos. So we've had beautiful stories of relationships starting, but also solidifying in commonplace. That's really incredible. And, you know, I, I'm, um, I, I, I like good coffee, or at least I like to think that I do. And, you know, I, I think that there, there can be, um, kind of to, to what you were talking about that, that I guess idea that, um, sometimes when you make something extremely uh, scientific or technical, there's uh, there can be almost an inaccessibility to it, I guess, where people don't where people don't necessarily feel like they can uh, they can approach it. And so I, I I understand that balance that you're talking about, where you want to make something good and you want to be proud of the the product, but you also don't want it to be something that intimidates people, right? Totally. That's that's actually a, a beautiful word that you just shared, Tyler. I to be in any specialized craft there there runs the risk of being so pretentious that you miss your potential audience right and i do i do get concerned with coffee at some levels that we take the craft so seriously that we forget what it's for the people growing it how it's gotten to us um and that that to me is the most important part and uh, you know i don't definitely don't want to ignore science. But again, as I said a second ago, I would forego science in order to have a human experience every time. Well, TJ, you know, I'm just uh, I'm astonished, amazed and pleased at how deep you you take this. And and I know we could go for like four more hours (laughs) on this topic, Um, whether it be people or be it coffee. But um we're, we're getting close to our time limit because Tyler starts charging overtime. It's true. Um, <laughs> after the 51st minute. But 
you know, maybe next time we can talk about our uh, South American connection. That would be I'm lovely. Just, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, well, lovely. Tyler, um, it, this has been great, TJ. I, I really do appreciate the insight, the the uh, your willingness to, to be open and candid with us, and um, learned a lot. Uh, or relearned a lot today. Maybe is a better way for me to say it. But I hope that, and I always fail to mention, or I try to mention that we have like 26 million listeners to this podcast and um so you should get ready for like a big rush of orders coming in um yeah i will be and i do want to plug one thing though um i love the the personalized um labels that that people like me or tyler or market scale or whomever can buy through you where you could send like your clients a, a pound of coffee with your your custom label on it, I just think that's such a cool idea that y'all came up with. So, I'm uh, I'm plugging you for that, brother. Um, Thank you. Commonplace, what? Give us a, a good website to look at. Commonplacecoffee.com. Simple enough. Easy. I'm gonna go get some now. You better, man. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. All right, Tyler. I don't know who Taylor is, but Tyler. <laughs> um, <laughs> You would think by now <laughs> that I would I would know you. We're just like okay. twenty five episodes in. Exactly. So Tyler, without further ado, could you could you put a bow on this and take us to the barn and uh, let's uh, let's put a put a bow on it. Yeah, let's put a bow on this one. TJ Fairchild, thank you so much for joining us today, man. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to learn more about you and uh, and Commonplace Coffee and, um, and and yeah, we really appreciate you uh, joining the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. Of course, we have plenty of episodes you can go back and listen to if this uh, if this maybe piqued your interest or uh, whet your appetite for more. Uh, just uh, talk about relationships and how it can impact uh, our lives and also our, uh, our businesses. And so make sure to go check out those previous episodes. And of course, we'll be back soon with new episodes of the podcast. But until then, for Greg Crumpton, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll see you next time.